What's going on, ATL peeps? It's Nav here, and I'm excited to share an interview that Tuan and I did this afternoon with a friend, Jesse Schwartz. Jesse is an entrepreneur, amongst other things, but has recently made headway with his involvement in NBA Top Shot. What's NBA Top Shot? Think playing cards, but digital. So instead of owning a physical card, you own the video clip, or what they call a moment. Anyway, we'll let you listen, and you might notice the sound is off, but it's just because we recorded through Zoom. If you want to follow Jesse on IG or Twitter, his handle is at Yodo. That's Y-O-D-O-U-G-H. We hope you enjoy, and as always, we thank you for listening. Take care. Today's guest is a friend of mine and someone that we're super excited to have on our pod today, Jesse Schwartz. Jesse is an entrepreneur, an investor, a musician, and one of the earliest, if not the earliest, adopter in NBA Top Shot. Last week, he literally flipped the sports collectible world on its head when he purchased a moment for $209,000. So we're super excited to get uh, get talking to Jesse, but let's touch in with our boy. Jesse, what's going on, my man? What's up, man? How you guys doing? We're doing all right. Probably not as good as you living in LA. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely nice avoiding winter over here. Yeah, I bet, man. I'm looking outside right now. It's snowy. It's cold. I can't believe, uh, I can't only imagine what you're looking at. <laughs> but hey, um, we're going to give our listeners sort of a debrief on Top Shot before we air this interview, which will be on our next pod. But we want to hear it from you. Like if you could describe NBA Top Shot in one or two sentences, how would you do it? So NBA Top Shot is a digital collectible licensed by the NBA and NBA Players Association. I would say it's like sports cards, but on the blockchain. Really well said. So as mentioned earlier, you were the earliest, yeah, probably the earliest adopter in this thing. So I guess my first question is why? Why did you take a chance on a completely new and quite frankly, unproven market at the time? So there's definitely a lot of people on before me. Um, I think they launched the closed beta last June and I was on probably late August. So there's definitely at least a, maybe a hundred or a few hundred people on before me, but I was definitely early on this, on the scale of things. Um, I think it just spoke to me right away. Cause I've always been a collector. I've always been someone buying and selling stuff on eBay, collecting sneakers, beanie babies, doing different businesses. So this was like a combo of, collecting day trading and obviously basketball which is like a huge interest of mine so it just made a lot of sense for me and it was fun from the beginning so fast forward today and it's literally exploding like we have guys like mark cuban you know real uh, recognized investors as well as players in the nba starting to really feel this thing and wanting to get involved um but again you 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 made history last week when you purchased a Le- i think it's a lebron james it's called a cosmic series one uh, moment where he's posterizing Nemanja Bialica. Um, I want to I want to know what that moment means to you and why you decided to purchase it. But before I do, I just want to take a few steps back because in these types of spaces, whether it's fine art or uh, you know sports cards, sometimes you just get a guy that has super deep pockets and he'll sort of parachute his way into the space and buy a four million dollar Luka Doncic rookie card, but For you, this is something that you believed in. It was sort of a slow and steady grind. So before you talk about that LeBron moment, I just want to know about sort of the things you bought, the things you sold, and the risks that you took to get to the place that you are at now. Yeah, I think um, 
So, I mean, obviously I've seen huge growth on Top Shot since I started last August. It was pretty flat for a few months. Um, then there was definitely a big spike in January where there was a little bit of press and people started coming on. And I think the first record, which was 35,000 was made. Um, and, and then I think that's when I, when I started talking to you about it being like, yeah, this is right up your alley, like check this out. And um, so I, I was definitely doing a lot of buying and selling leading up to that point, um, which kind of gave me the confidence to, to, to buy something for $208,000. Like it wasn't just walking in and, and dropping that, that cash out of nowhere. Um, so definitely like seeing the growth. And at this point, it was just, there were so many people flowing in, there's NBA players promoting it. And it just felt like that was great value at $208,000 looking around and seeing, you know, seeing them doing 50 million in marketplace transactions in a day, seeing NBA players promoted and be super into it. That just actually felt like a steal. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Because I think people look at the headlines, which you were all over and still are still are all over um, in like the collectible world in that space, but they don't realize uh, what's under the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, for me, like I've always been a huge LeBron fan. And so I, I still think he's the guy to me. He's the greatest athlete of all time. We've talked about this before. I'm always I've just like always been on the LeBron train. Um, and I, I think he's underappreciated still somehow, like with all his championships, all the MVPs, all the seasons going to the final. I think when you when you look and as an, from an investment point of view too, on Top Shot, for example, you have guys like Zion who their their prices are like 60, 70, 80 percent of what LeBron is. And to me, it's like it would take a lot for Zion to even come close to LeBron's career. Um, and so when I look at value investing, I see people people love investing in potential and they sort of ignore history too much. So I still think LeBron is the guy. And I think that cosmic moment, which was the original series that they gave only to the first adopters in June before I was even there, that's the moment. And I was like, I got to have this if I'm going to be on Top Shot. So mm, that's sick. Uh, Tuan, you can take it from here. Well, yeah, uh, Jesse, thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Um, Want to give you props on your great ESPN appearance. Uh, I've, I've seen your setup already, so... That's <laughs> uh, very familiar. So, you know, we're living, you know, in a time where people are now actively looking to invest their money in very unconventional ways, you know, through meme stocks like GameStop, AMC, through Bitcoin, through different cryptos, Pokemon cards and whatnot. Um, you know, with you having a lot of money invested into Topshop, do you have any concerns that, you know, this tech will get lost in the shuffle once another trendy tech platform comes out? Um, and, you know, just with everything else um, that's the surrounding in the investment world, do you have any concerns with that, especially with Dapper Lab? Because I know they were one of the uh, partners with CryptoKitties. And I know that was a big fad back in 2018, probably not as popular now. But yeah, do you have any concerns with, with, with that, with uh, Topshop and the technology and where it could be in the future? Yeah, I think... There's definitely a lot of reckless investing going on all around, especially with NFTs. People are just printing money and then everyone's trying to jump in and make a quick buck. Um, I think NFTs are here to stay. I think the technology is here to stay. I do think 99% of these art projects and collectible projects will go to zero because it's just too much and it's a supply and demand thing. And as people see people's success, minting NFTs, collecting, buying, selling, everyone wants to jump in and get a piece of the action. And 
the, the reality is that it's just impossible for all these things to be sustainable. Um, what I think is different with Top Shot versus CryptoKitties or other art projects, they're licensed by the NBA and the NBA Players Association. And to me, I'm betting on the NBA's brand. I think the NBA is a global brand. It's one of the most powerful brands in the world. Their fans are super loyal. Um, so you're not just like trading random art or you know crypto kitties that could be a, a quick fun thing and then it, there's the next thing this is the nba they've been around for however many years and i think they continue they, they'll continue to be around so awesome yeah thanks that's a great answer yesterday i was on twitter saw that the even though they're not playing it in this uh year's all-stars the nba rising stars rosters were announced through the top shop website um so they were using clips of you know these um, rookies and sophomores to announce that team for the USA and world team. So seems like the NBA is definitely backing it up. I know Josh Hart, Tyrese Halliburton, um, JJ Redick, a lot of um, talks there with those players. Like, so how much do you think uh, the success of this platform depends on the players themselves? Or do you think it has a, you know, great concept, a great business, you know, idea behind it? Or how much, yeah, just how much do you think the players themselves and the league marketing it will impact just how big this can be? Yeah, I think what's crazy is they got this big without doing any traditional marketing. Um, and even for a while, they were almost trying to keep it not a secret, but it's like you needed an invite to go in and they've been like slowly pushing it. And I think this all-star game was kind of their point where they were like, all right, we're going to start pushing this. I don't think anyone imagined it would be this big before this marketing push. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. The sky's the limit. I think the players coming on is really cool. Um, I think they haven't even gotten the superstars on yet. So that could be even crazier. They're definitely rolling it out in a smart way. Having guys like, you know, Damian Lee coming on the podcast with me the other day. And we were chatting about that. Like people love to see that, you know, and then of course, Damian Lee moments spike after that. Um, or they have Terry Rozier offering his jersey or courtside seats in exchange for moments. Like that's just cool. And it gives it like, you know, some, some interaction with players, which people love. And it gives it like a real life um, aspect to it where you're actually like these digital collectibles are giving you real life experiences, which is, which is really cool. Yeah. I think the one thing I, I really commend the platform for doing is allowing their popularity to sort of happen organically. And like you said, they didn't sort of, you know, sell themselves out and just start making commercials because they really could have with the pockets that the NBA has, right? But instead, they they sort of took an organic approach. And I, I really like that as well. The question I wanted to ask you was, since you made that big splash, was it last week or two weeks ago? It was last Monday. So 10 days ago, about. Yeah, 10 days ago. But I feel like in these types of things where it's unfamiliar to the common person, um, they sort of need like, a proven result for them to uh, go like to jump on board. And I feel like with Top Shot, you're starting to see that guys like you are making these massive acquisitions. NBA players are starting to come out and you're starting to see the public sort of react in a way that now they want to jump on the ship. Now they want to jump on the bandwagon. So for someone that is, you know, starting to learn about Top Shot and thinking, hey, I might want to do this thing. Um, I know it's really hard to get a pack, but what advice would you give someone that is looking to get in um, considering how popular it is right now. Yeah. I think there's always room, you know, for more people to come in and, and they want this to be a, a massive mainstream product. Um, and I, I think prices will continue to go up with dips along the way, of course. 
but yeah, I wouldn't, I would say like, even when I, when I was telling you about it in January, I would say like, d- don't come in expecting to hundred extra money and buy everything. And, you know, I think that it could happen again, but once something's already exploded so much and the original collections have, have gone so crazy, um, there's obviously more risk in it, not doing that again. But I think, yeah, come on, you know, take a little strategy, buy your favorite players, learn about the math behind, you know, the serial numbers and the different series and what they're coming out with and have, you know, a little bit of a strategy and and come in and and buy some players that you like, buy some moments you like, you know, kind of the same investing advice I tell anyone, like, don't just, you know, follow other people blindly. You got to like, have your own, have your own approach to it. Yeah. It's well said. I mean, I actually, I got into the lobby for, I think the most recent pack, I forget what it is. I think it was called legends. And man, there were like a hundred thousand people ahead of me. So there was no chance in hell that I was getting a pack. Are you like, given your status in the top shot world, are you in the same waiting rooms as everyone else? Or do you get a little bit of priority given the amount of money you have invested? I wish man, (laughs) zero priority. I'm, I'm in there with everyone else, you know? So it's uh, yeah, it's crazy to see the growth because when I started on it, it was like, you could just waltz in and buy 20 packs in one shot. If you want, everything just sat there. I, I think even some of the, the playoff packs, they burned them because they didn't sell enough. So they just had to burn half the packs. Um, and now those, those moments are going for, you know, thousands, obviously, which is crazy, but now it's, yeah, it's 200,000 people in line to get packs and everyone, you know, wants the pack, wants the, the chance at that lottery feeling when you open it and you don't know what you're getting. So yeah, that's where we're at. <laughs> it's crazy, man. I am kicking myself because when you told me about it, I made an account. I looked at the website. I had no idea of what this entire thing was. And there were like, there were basic packs available for nine bucks. Like they were all, they're all there. They're all available. Um, but yeah. those were the good old yeah, days. That's crazy to look back like that. Yeah, I, I, I did the same. I saw a bunch of packs, but I was still skeptical. So I didn't buy any, but yeah, I'm kicking myself for that too. Uh, but Jesse, I got one more question for you, probably the most important one. You know, I see the stack of basketball shoes behind you. And I know during your ESPN interview, you said the R4 Shocks were probably one of your favorites. So I work at Adidas. So and I know okay. you're a big sneakerhead. So, you know, are you an Adidas like sneaker fan? And if you had to pick one Adidas shoe, which one would that be? <laughs> To be honest, I'm not a huge Adidas guy. Um, if, like, like I think everything on this wall is Nike. Yeah. Got some LeBrons. I, I really like custom stuff. You can see I have a few custom painted stuff uh, that my mom did for me, which is cool. Um, as far as Adidas, I did have one pair I really liked for a while. It was the Ultra Boost Uncaged, super comfy. Yeah. Um, so that was probably the last Adidas shoe I had. Cool. I should get more. They're, they're super comfy. <laughs> All right. Well, Jesse, um, yeah, no, we really appreciate you jumping on the pod. It's really cool to um, have a conversation with you, given the fact that we know each other and seeing the, this, the leap that you took and the risk that you've taken to be a part of this space. And um, it's really cool to see, man. So I'm definitely very proud of um, everything that you've accomplished in Top Shot so far. And I hope we can get you back on the pod, talk about some newer acquisitions and just talk hoops. Yeah, man. Anytime. I love, I love just shooting shit. Basketball's fun. So yeah. Well, well, thanks, before, thanks for jumping uh, on, man. Before we let you go, we just want a quick finals preview. And I guess one more thing I want to ask you is living in LA, 
Um, the Clippers have gotten pretty good over the last couple of years. And I think they're trying to rebrand themselves and make themselves relevant in LA. Um, I still think that they might be renting out the Staples Center, but what's the vibes like in LA? Is it a Lakerland for real or is LA, are the LA Clippers starting to get some momentum? Yeah, I've never met a Clippers fan. <laughs> like literally like everyone is a Lakers fan. No one cares about the Clippers. Um, it's unfortunate because they got good players. They got a good team. I think they're trying to move to Inglewood and like really brand as a different thing. And maybe that'll work. Um, but for now, Staples Center is, is Lakers land and LA is, is Lakers land. And so I've never really, I've never really, uh, yeah, I, I think Clippers are, are sort of flying under the radar for sure. Cool, man. Well, and quick. my final prediction. Yeah. Um, I wanted to come up with something like a little crazy, like a little dark horse pick, but I can't get away from the Lakers Brooklyn matchup. So I'm going to go with, you know, obviously I got a ride with LeBron. So I'm going with Lakers in six over Brooklyn. Well, I would love to see that. I think that would smash the ratings for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot right. of stars there. So that's cool. I like, there's a lot of, there's the, the LeBron Durant thing. There's the LeBron Kyrie thing. There's like, Harden maybe trying to win. Uh, some cool things there. I like that. Yeah, that's a really good point. They might that might be the best series in terms of entertainment and narrative. Yeah, there's a lot. I, I ever since Kyrie made those comments about LeBron, like where he said, "I finally have a teammate that could take a last shot" or whatever, and that was like a a really like just like unnecessary shot at LeBron. Like this dude won you your only championship. Like, come on, man. And then, like, so I'd like to see that, like, LeBron just go for him in the finals, you know? <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, we laugh about that comment uh, quite a bit. I mean, Kyrie needs a publicist. I think everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> cool, Jesse. Well, thanks so much for coming on, man. I, I would love to have you on in the future. Well, yeah, thanks, man. I'll be back. I'll be back. We'll see if my finals prediction comes true. All right, man. Well, take care. Enjoy your next uh, interview. Is if anyone wants to follow you, I guess they can uh, they can follow you on at Yodo. I'm at Yodo. Yeah. At Yodo. Still at Yodo. Anything else you want to plug before before we take off? Front page, my new clothing line. Front page. All <laughs> right, man. Soon. I guess Front there won't be a video, but that's what I'm rocking right now. All right, no, man. <laughs> I can't wait. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for having me. Take care. Take care.